Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They've been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we welcome author Quinn Barron. This is actually the first time she's been on my show, but when she had a podcast, I was on hers. Her new book is about meditation and that anyone can meditate for their betterness. Here's Quinn. Oh, please don't call in. This is a recorded conversation. Here's Quinn. Hi, Quinn. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sherry. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, We've known each other, but I don't think I've ever interviewed you. No. No. You interviewed me, but I didn't interview you. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We were just chatting before the show, and I was saying, I think when I was winding down my podcast, you were just starting your podcast. So, and you've been going a long time, so good for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been interesting. Um, the audience has been slowly building and um, meeting all kinds of interesting people <laughs> via, yep. via uh, Skype and, and telephone. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very strange world we live in. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was one of my favorite things about doing a podcast with the people I met. I really enjoyed that. That and learning something from every single interview. I don't think I've ever interviewed someone that I'd eat, whether it was something I was interested in or was something I was just helping them with or whatever. I always learned something from the other people. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. And, in fact, uh Myself and a group of women uh, who were all professional speakers, we're going to launch a podcast uh, in the next week or so, and we call it Speaking for Hope. And I was willing to do that because then the workload was shared among half a dozen women. It wasn't all on me. Uh, So I'm going to try that and see how it goes. But exactly what you're saying, it it did make me want to kind of get get my big toe back into podcasting again for everything you learn. Your, your big toe and not your little toe. Wow, you're very brave. Well, you know, this little toe's more, most people do the little toe just to see how it goes. And then if it's okay, then the big toe. And then if it's okay, the toes. And then the foot. <laughs> very metaphysical here. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about your... Um, your books and um, meditation and stuff like that, but how did you, um, are, are, were you metaphysical before, or how did you get into that? Um, I think naturally I was my whole life, but I fought it for decades. Um, I had an experience when I was very young. I fell into a pool when I was four years old, and somebody some people would call that a near-death experience. For me, it was a moment of awareness and peace. And um, and I think that as a result of that, I kind of saw things. Uh, my my even as a, a young child in elementary school, my view of the world was was a little different. And um, and I just you know what we would just call it being highly intuitive because some people are more naturally than others. Uh, but then with that comes a uh, responsibility in a way, and there's really high highs and there's some low lows that you, you go through. And so when you are trying to acclimate the energy to that, you people have an, a tendency to kind of want to push that away. And you probably even 
are aware of this in your own life where, you know, if, if, if you get some information, oh, I don't want to deal with that, that's not the fun stuff. And we um, disowned that. And so um, I was in a corporate career doing very, very well. I thought it was everything I wanted, but I wasn't happy. And I kept having this prompting like, you need to leave this job. Oh, that made no sense to me. But I did actually leave the job, and that's when I kind of met somebody who I would call my primary teacher. And so since, I would say, the 99, early 2000s, I've been teaching, practicing, learning, doing all sorts of things that way. But, you know, I mostly think of it as meditation more than I think of it as metaphysical. I think we all are psychic light in our own way. And I think what I really try and do is, in its simplest form, is try and put people in balance. And so any form of meditation, it doesn't have to be a six-hour Buddhist meditation. It could be something as simple as walking in nature that puts you back in alignment with your authentic self. That's what I teach. So it's, it's been a, a, a long road to get there. That's, it's one of those interesting things is that I, you, I don't know about you, but I find that I fall in and out of it I do I there are times when I'm deep I, I do yoga every day so in, in a way I do do meditation every day but sure. actual sitting down and meditating there are times I don't do it at all and then times I really need to do it mm-hmm. um, and lately it's been really need to <laughs> I stress yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I understand that um, I I have a very active daily um, practice because I need to and not just because of the pandemic and the lockdown we're in I always have when I really worked on it to the point where I just look forward to it it's easy um, I can feel uh, I can get into deep deeper uh, places of energy pretty quickly and and so if not even if I'm in a crisis just if, just for fun I like to spend that extra time with myself, going to those higher parts of myself, or wh- whatever that energy is. It's it becomes like the best possible addiction you can have. Uh, but um, so it's e- it's easy for me because I've worked at it for decades. So. Yeah, I can't. And everybody gets into stuff weird. They get in their own way, in their own sort of path. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 85% of people, when I was writing a business plan for this several years back, uh, my then business partner came up with a statistic, um, so I, I, I wish I could quote the, the source, but 85% of people who've tried meditation don't stick with it. Either they don't get the hang of it, or it's kind of like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not good, but it's it's like anything. You know, you have good days, like when you do a yoga practice, some classes are just like, oh, man, that was it. That was just the best. In other days, you had the exact same practice, but maybe you weren't focused in the right way. So the reason it's called the practice is that even on the days you don't really want to do it, just going through, have you ever done a yoga class where at the end of the class you said, well, I wish I hadn't done that? Mm-hmm. You still have to kind of just, you, you know, not push your way through it. So what I try and do is tr- teach a different technique so that for people who don't want to be there for 20 minutes, you know, or even 10 minutes that you can really put yourself in balance in a lot of really simple, easy ways if you will just um, begin to see it as attentive meditation. So 
I think you can do meditation standing in line at Starbucks. I really do. <laughs> if you're, uh, you know, you're in your office and you've got to go to Starbucks and you're, you know, just going to blow your lid or, or you're just being frustrated or you feel like you're, you know, spinning your wheels, removing yourself from the situation. But I'm just, I, I don't know if you want me to dive into this, but by, by asking yourself a question and then walking these steps, um, that, that I've created, the method that I've created myself, and I, this is what I teach, this is what I share with people, um, that it's really that simple. But even with the simplicity that I teach, it still has, requires somebody a willingness to do it on a regular basis. If you don't do it, you lose it. If you don't do yoga for a week and you come back a week later, not so bad, but if you don't do yoga for five months and come back, it's almost like you're starting over again, isn't it? Yep. I've, ne- I've never gone that quite that long, but uh, yeah, I mean, just a month it can be. Like, I, I hurt myself and I had to hold off for a while. And right. it's hard to, and then you have to basically start like a beginner because you have, right. your muscles are kind of like not there. <laughs> They're not there, but they do have muscle memory, so it's still better than nothing. You have the desire, you have the intention, so you get there faster than if you've never done it before. So you're never really completely a blank slate once you've tried something. You have some context for going back. Yeah, that's true. It's just like the old thing about riding a bike. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, true. <laughs> I didn't think I could do it because it had been, oh, my God, 25 years? And I, I, I started riding a bike again, and I was like, oh, my God, I still know how to do it. <laughs> oh, I know how to ride a bike again. I don't want to ride a bike again. <laughs> I, of all the things I could do, that's just one that doesn't appeal to me. I don't know, maybe it's that seat that just always hurts. It's the, you know, you have, to, you have to build up that muscle memory, too, and I'm not willing to do that, so. Yeah, I think that uh, the seats, especially for girls, are very hard. It's too hard down there. (laughs) So if you're a bicycle manufacturer, think of a way to create a seat that's comfortable for a female. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, I don't know how we went from meditation to that, but okay. (laughs) I don't know. I just had to throw it out there. Anyway, um... No, I love I love yoga. I it's the only practice that I have been able to keep doing since uh, I started. Um, I've tried a lot of different kinds of things. I mean, during the summer I swim, but other than that, the only thing I've really kept up is my yoga. I think, and, and meditation used to be sort of with it. I would I would do my yoga and then I'd meditate and in classes they when I take a yoga class they encourage that. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And I actually prefer to be doing that in a class than by myself because I don't I I have more discipline when I'm surround with a yoga teacher and I'm surrounded by other students than I do when I'm by myself. Well, there's an energy that's very grounding about being in a class. It it becomes a shared experience. And so when we're in community of certain things, certain activities, it's just it's just fun. It's like, you know, we all, you know, it's not uncommon as a first date or as a date to go out to a movie. But, you know, really, you're not talking. You're not conversing with each other. You're not interacting. It's a shared experience, but it's still a connected experience. And yoga, swimming, not so much. Swimming is a very meditative, you know, uh, 
singular isolated experience but I do I'm a swimmer too and I, I love swimming for that meditating you know you, it's hard you can put in earbuds now and listen to music but I, I just don't I, I do like that that experience but if you can find a good studio and a good teacher you're more than halfway there on your daily meditation practice but um, can I can I share a little bit of like the steps of what I teach? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. So um, I have a couple things. I, I created something I call Intuition Daily, and I like to think of meditation as a daily intuitive practice. That when we're trying to uh, find guidance, it's like it really comes down to that you have to um, be in balance. So you get in balance, and once we're in balance, it gives us clarity. We make better decisions, better choices. We have better ideas when we're in balance, right? And then from that feeling of balance, the clarity you have, it automatically gives a sense of well-being. So in this context, yoga is a really wonderful metaphor because a lot of yoga is just about balance, right? And when we do that and we have that balance, we get ideas that kind of drop into us and stuff, then we have clarity, and that clarity gives us well-being. Uh, have you ever done a yoga class where you just have all these ideas come in and you want to just go work on those or execute those when you're done? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Many times. So the, right. But, you know, we can't always go to a studio. We can't always, you know, stop for an hour, or, you know, and, and uh, focus on, on doing, you know, different asanas. So then it comes down to, well, we can always meditate. But let's say you're in the office. You can't, you know, go and, you know, sit and, you know, do your mudras uh, or anything like that. But you can still take moments each time that you can feel that you're out of balance. And out of balance means something like maybe you have anxiety, maybe you have fear, maybe you're worrying about something. And, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, clinically depressed type thing. That's all, that's all good to that. I'm talking about run-of-the-mill gosh, I'm not feeling good right at this moment. Where is it taking me, my body? And that's what you can do, and you can stop. And you can ask yourself a series of questions. The first question is, you know, what is going on? What is my intention? I, I'm not happy in my job right now. You know, what, what should I be looking for? The second part is, so you ask a question, then you're trying to find guidance. And what you have to do to decide is that guidance really is it about love, money, or well-being because I've been doing this long enough to know that I hear a lot of the same things over and over again and whether it's about a romantic relationship a regular relationship uh, sexual intimacy whatever that all falls under the category of love the second part is about money and that could be working your career that could be financing and investing it could be how you spend and save it could be uh, investment in higher education all about money and then the last one is well-being. It could be physical health, mental, emotional health, creativity and joy, spirituality, intuition. It usually, and, and I'm not trying to, to make it too simple, but in a way I am so that people really understand that your story and my story or somebody else's story, they sound different, but they're really the same. Does that make sense? Mm hmm Okay. So once we get can tone into what's really going on in what area, and it may be an area about work and career that's affecting you, your creativity and joy. It could be in all of these areas, or it maybe it's affecting your marriage. When we focus on what's really going on, and then what is the essence of our request? 
why are we wanting a better job? Why are we wanting a better relationship? You know, we focus on that. It just heightens the energy around it. So this next part is, so we've got, we've got ask. We've asked for guidance now on what specifically we're trying to focus on. Now the next part is centering. And centering would be the meditation itself. And whether you, you know, take 10 deep breaths, whether you've done a 20-minute silent meditation, whether you get on your um, app and listen to Headspace or, you know, do a quick bit of meditation, anything that feels like, okay, I'm grounded and then I'm ready to work on this. Now, this, this is what's different about my technique compared to others, is that we go and we meditate and then we feel good, but we don't know why we feel good. So the next part is I say, okay, now we're gonna, we're gonna take what I call a meditation prompt. Now I have a deck, a digital deck of cards, and this is all on Intuition Daily. There's two digital decks, but it could be any visual around you, any visual around you. And then I say, we're gonna process the information that you got now that you're centered through words, colors, numbers, and images. And I've created a workbook around that. We don't have the time to go into all the minute detail of that. But I've created these and I've curated these in a way so that when I see a picture, like think of a picture in your head right now, Sherry, and just tell me what's the picture of? Uh, Characters from my favorite book. Okay, so what's your favorite book? Uh, well, the one I'm reading right now is the Lord Peter Whimsey Harriet Bain, so that's what I'm thinking of. Okay, well, let's pick something like, have you read any of the Harry Potter books? <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked. Um, yes, <laughs> I've read all of the Harry Potter books, and I am a fan, so okay. well, We have a very strong Im- image of the Harry Potter, like any scene from a Harry Potter movie. And if we look at that scene in our head, whether we actually have the visual in front of us, we can then take the very thing that we've been thinking about, and we can take the words, colors, numbers, and images from that scene and process that information. So, like, let's say when, um, you, you know, like Harry Potter in the first book where he's playing the big game of chess, right? Mm-hmm. And Ron's playing it and they're, you know, mucking around. Do you remember that scene at all? Yeah. Okay. So, do you remember, I don't know if you remember any of the colors from it, you know, Harry's wearing a red, uh, you know, uh, sweatshirt or sweater, and you know, Ron's up on the the night horse, and and all these things. It's but there's a lot of dark scenes that are punctuated by a lot of light, right? Mm-hmm. So if I look at that red sweater that Harry's wearing, when I say the color red, what does that mean to you? Um, brightness, sun. Right. And somebody else could be, you know, like, well, red means it, it, it's a negative, you know, the, you're, you're in the red, you know, it's red's about anger, red's about passion, red's about... So what red means to you and what red means to me could be to something totally different, right? And, you know, the words the same thing. Words have energy, words have power to them. So I can take a room of, you know, a dozen people or more and say I put one image on a screen and say... We're going to process this information based on your intention. And I'm going to give you like a, almost like a Bob's Big Boy menu list of, well, you know, this is what this number means. They're just, it's keyword populated. It's a little hard to do it without the visuals since we're doing it audio. What I'm saying is the world around us is a living, breathing oracle card. 
people use tarot cards thinking it has a certain power and meaning. It only has the meaning that you give it. If you begin to see the world, words, colors, numbers, and images, because this is how mediums, this is how psychics, this is how they work. They develop their own soul language. Now, we don't need all that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to prognosticate the future. Somebody who's very gifted to tell you exactly 100%, knowing 100% certainty that's something you should do, but you still have choice, and you can change that. And sometimes if somebody tells you something to do, you may not do it just because. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Right. Obstinate. (laughs) What's that? I said I'm very obstinate. (laughs) You and the rest of the, you, me, and the rest of the world, people want to figure it out themselves, even when they're asking for help. What they really want is they feel, want to feel love, support. They want to feel a good positive energy around it. Very few people really want to be told what to do. And that's why the answers have to come from within. So my system basically says, you're going to ask a question, you're going to look for guidance, you're going to center, make sure you're centered, and then you're going to process the information through whatever prompt shows up around you. So that prompt, like I said, could be, you could be in a restaurant and, you know, the person you're having, sharing a meal with, well, back in the day when we could go to restaurants, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd be sharing a meal with, and all you had to do was look around and like, why is this, you know, why is this person across from me, like, really getting on my last raw nerve? Okay, well, stop, pause, look around, and see what net words, colors, numbers, or images just pop out at you. And then try and have a feeling about that. You know, what does that mean to me? How does that make me feel? When I see this color, what does it mean to me? When I see this image, what does it mean to me? And it's really incredible the power of the collective unconscious we have that you can get, like I said, a dozen, two dozen people in a room and each have a completely separate experience just from one image. When they say an image is worth a thousand words, probably more with a million words because you can get so many variations on it so is that does that make sense at all yeah it makes perfect sense I was just thinking about that the other day um I was work I'm working on murder mystery and it's all about misunderstandings and when you're working with misunderstandings you realize that's all we have you mm-hmm. people are think that they're very intuitive and all that and then they completely misunderstand what you say. Mm-hmm. You, even though you're saying something quite simple in your head, you know, about something that is of mutual interest, and and you see that in other interactions with on TV and film and interview shows, and you can see two people... I love watching interview shows because you can see two people interacting, highly intelligent people, and just missing each other. You can just mm-hmm. see it, almost their eyes clouding over because they can't figure out what either the host is asking them or what their guest is saying. It's very interesting how we miss the mark a lot. <laughs> in, in my world, in my business, we call that they're not in vibrational alignment with each other. And so, you, you know, when people come in with a certain expectation of what's supposed to happen, and then maybe the questions they're being asked isn't in alignment with that, then you get this kind of cognitive dissonance about the, and, 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 and nothing that they are offering to each other, it, it, it just, like, like hitting a wall. 
and it's uncomfortable to see and watch, but vibrationally we can see that energy, but what we're not doing is going to a lower, uh, a, the next level down, a deeper level, not a lower level, a deeper level, and saying, what's happening here? And so it always feels like a fight or friction when really it's just that there's there's just not alignment here. So when I when I teach people and I talk to them, I say one thing you have to understand that even the person that is so juxtaposed to any belief system you have, they're still a good special person. Everybody is, but they're not on the same path as you. We don't we aren't aligned with each other. So they may feel like your enemy or your mortal enemy or or this and that. It's just that that's the experience they're having at this point. So part of what I teach is like, I'm not trying to teach people who, you know, can meditate for hours or, you know, who are already enlightened. I try and teach people who have never had an experience of that, uh, you know, who want to have that aha moment of like, you know, what is that? Because if you get two people who don't know each other at all and you put them in an energy that's just based on, you know, kindness and love, because love is the energy that fuels us, then two people who can have completely different viewpoints will feel nothing but love with each other if they're open to receiving that from each other. And that's how we change people. That's how we, we don't need to get, you know, we don't need to get people to believe what we believe. We don't need to believe what they believe or vice versa. We just need people doing their work so that we can operate from, a, from a, you know, a foundation of, you know what, I may not agree with what they're saying, but I love them anyway. <laughs> and that, it's, just, it's really the simplest thing, but it also seems so difficult. And it's interesting because when he said that, I was like, I was thinking, like families, um, you can mm-hmm. feel that way. You love your family. You love every member of your family, but there are times when you just want, you do not understand what's going on. You don't understand what they're talking about. Right. But you still love them. It doesn't take away from the love to not understand what they're saying. Right. <laughs> well, and I think that's representative of the average family. There are exceptions to that. There, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with other, you know, Issues that are abusive or addictive—that's that's that's not what we're talking no, about. No, no, I'm not talking about that at all. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. talking about yeah. That—that's that's a totally different. That's a fracture of the family, and that's that's not what I'm talking about. And and I didn't mean to imply you. I'm just saying in general. I was trying to hedge my position a little bit. Um, I don't know if you've noticed in the world today when people are trying to go out and do good in this pandemic uh, world that sometimes we can be a little tone deaf <laughs> as, as you're talking about, you know, how difficult it is writing out the pandemic in your mansion or your, your glorious house and that has, you know, hit some nerves with people. So when I, when I give an example, I always try and say there's always an exception to that. That's true. That's true. And, it, well, I'm weird. I actually kind of am, the part I'm enjoying is seeing all these living rooms and bedrooms and studies of all these rich people right. <laughs> that they're doing on Zoom and stuff because it's like, you're never going to see it again. Enjoy it while you have it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, at times in my career, I've, I've had quite a bit of money and times I haven't. And I can say that in this part of my life, I've been downsizing my life a lot that I really have given away a lot of, I went through a divorce um, about four four years back, and um, 
and since then I've been doing going through this kind of shedding process of the thing I I just want the things that I need to do the things that I'm passionate about and um, I was up in Colorado uh, writing these books for uh, a year and a half and when I left I decided you know it's going to cost more to bring all that stuff back to California than it is just to leave it there and I just gave it away <laughs> and people will look at me like that's crazy you know I don't have as much of an, in, an attachment towards things as much as I used to and I think that comes from having uh, a different meditation practice and I do understand that my meditation practice is a little bit more intense than others but it, it's it's, it's, the, it's the true part of who I am. And so I've, I've given up on a lot of materialism. So, Do you have, um, okay, before we start talking about how to get the book, do you have like a, um, like a really short little description about, is, is it the visual thing with Harry Potter, that's the best way to go about it? Or is there another step that people would need to take in order to do it? Sure. Give um, a little snapshot of it. I, I'm going to put this in the, where to find the book and everything at the same time. Oh, that's you fine. You can buy the book at <laughs> Amazon.com, but because it's a colored workbook, it's not cheap. So what I did is I created an interactive version of it uh, at intuitiondaily.com. And there's two workbooks, and you can go through both. So all the visuals, so I created what I call meditation prompts that will train you, and what the workbook does is that, let's say you pull uh, meditation prompt 11, which is uh, education on the, the first deck, that in the workbook you go to 11 and it already has curated all the words, colors, and numbers and images for you so that you can just see what feels right to you. Now, those are just suggestions, but it's the idea is these are intuitive training wheels so that when you meditate and you get information, you can process it faster and apply it to your life easier. So if you go to intuitiondaily.com and you can work through the interactive workbook, all the instructions are there. It's like, yes, it'd be great if you bought the book, but honestly, when I teach workshops and, and all that stuff, if people don't want to buy it, I still want to make it available because I think it's so important in how we learn and when you're ready to go to the next level. So intuitiondaily.com has all the instructions and has information about basic meditation, all sorts of meditation, not just my technique, and the interactive workbook is all there. So that you can learn how to process an image just by creating your own, your own soul language. And for some people, you know, words are the thing, so they gravitate for the words. Some people are visual, so the images are the thing. Some people are about, you know, the chakra system and colors, that's their thing. Some people are, you know, math and numerology, that's their thing. So there's something, you don't have to use all of them, you can, but it's all there at intuitiondaily.com if you want the instructions and the workflow of how to do that. Cool. And um, what uh, parts of social media are you on? So if someone wants to say hi. Also, do you have a website? Uh, I do have a website. All of my information is yeah, collectively put together at quinnbarrett.com. I've been working on um, trying to get my social media going again. I kind of had a long break from it, so there's not much there, but I do have an Instagram account and Facebook account, Quinn Barrett. Uh, I think it's Quinn Barrett 11, um, but there's not a lot of Quinn Barretts in the world, so I'm pretty easy to find on either one of those platforms. Okay. 
Okay, um, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I think it sounds fascinating. Uh, everybody, if you're interested, uh, I will also have information on my blog and my website. Thanks, Quinn, for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Sherry. I appreciate it. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.